0: The following resource is presented by the Counseling and Conference Services of IOM America. Welcome to A Counselor's Point of View. Hi, my name is Steve Finney and I will be your host. Our new series is called the Hebrew Covenant Marriage. This is a power-packed message that unfolds the original Hebrew design of God's view of marriage. And we are going to be making use of the original Hebrew language... And we are going to take a step-by-step snapshot of courtship, engagement, and marriage. This series offers practical and proven suggestions to those broken marriages, as well as expand on those healthy marriages. We hope that you enjoy this series. You guys ever notice that when when you've been arguing and you haven't really been talking for a week, maybe two weeks... Some go two years. I can't imagine that. But and all of a sudden, you look at your spouse and you go, I was wrong for whatever. Would you please forgive me? I just have always found this fascinating as a counselor, as a pastor, as just a Christian, how three seconds later, max 30 seconds, I'm wanting to have sex with my wife. Let's see, I held this grudge for two weeks. It took 30 seconds to have intimacy. That's where they get falling in love from. Intimacy follows forgiveness. If you don't believe me, look at your own salvation. So therefore, when I'm consistently extending forgiveness to my spouse, I'm always in the mood. But if there's no forgiveness flowing both ways, you're not going to be in the mood. Use your cheap words. Forgiveness happens in the heart. It's an extension from the heart out, not "I was wrong, we please forgive me for yelling at you on Monday, honey." No, you deserved it. You wretched little spouse. You yeah. no. It's it's sorrow for your part without bringing up their sin. Oh boy. That'll change things. If you're considering divorce, division by force, as I had to advise Lisa, make a phone call. Get your honey back home. It's his house. And yours too. And you're about to Give it to your babies, I thought. That's why you're investing all this hard work financially and psychologically and spiritually is to give a heritage to your babies. Why divide it in half? So I would stop it, but get some immediate help as you do that, though, because you're going to need some counsel to get through it alone. So if you're saving your marriage alone, it can be done. Then the idea, here's eighteen points of a love life. The idea of male-female was God's. We've pretty much covered that. Marriage was designed by God to prepare us for our marriage with Christ. We pretty much covered the details with that. God knows you're lonely. And He wants you to be. That's the kooky thing about this whole deal. So when I get on my hands and knees and I go, God, I'm so lonely. I just need someone sends someone in my life so I'm just not so lonely. And God goes, I made you lonely. I put that void in you. Don't fill it with drugs, sex, and rock and roll. That's from my 70s. <laughs> he he, he put, put that in there so that He can fill it. He says, not only am I going to do that, Stephen, I'm going to give you a gift. I'm gonna let you marry my son. Yeah? It's a very, very special privilege. Not everyone gets it. In fact, very few do. Most go to hell. The road's very wide. And many are on it. But I, yeah? Gonna give it to you. Not, not only that, there's more. I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit is going to move and breathe through you and you will feel intima that I have with the Holy Spirit inside you. You're going to feel it moving. I wonder where that comes from. What creates climax, and I don't want to get too blunt, there's no children here, is movement. Movement. When I feel the Spirit of the living God moving and breathing through me, there is no better feeling of intimacy. That is called spiritual, and this is a quote-unquote, spiritual drunkenness. There is no better feeling, there's no better climax to know the Spirit is speaking, breathing, moving through you, and God the Father, God the Son, the Holy Spirit are together moving and breathing through a human soul. I don't want to quit preaching, to be honest with you. Which helps him with accountability things because I want that feeling every day in my office and I want that feeling every day in a conference. That breathing, moving, intimacy. I just get to go along for a free ride. It's awesome. But you know what? I still have those lonely times. I'm telling you guys, I throw the worst temper tantrums ever. Now, I may not throw plates. My temper temper tantrums aren't external. They're internal. I go through these phases of, no one cares. They always use me. They're smiling and shaking my hands because they're going to ask for advice. I do. I go through these little fits where I go, they just just use me. They don't they don't care about me or you know who I am or what I like. Is this. And God goes, Oh, I'm so sorry. No, He says, Let me help you. He, God just takes time and He goes, I I can just see the whole scene of Jesus, you know, and the, the kids are wanting to come up. The disciples are being, you know, you know the bodyguards for the pastor. Nope. Keep the children away from that past, thy pastor. Yeah. No. He sets down. He takes the time. He sits down. He says, come here, kids. That's what he does to see. Come here. He doesn't beat me with, oh, you still want me? I'm sorry. He says, come here. Let me give you a hug. Crawl on my lap. Jesus comes over and goes, honey, let me hold you. I can't consummate yet, so I'm sorry, because we're in our engagement. Would you let me hold you? Now, as a guy, that's kind of weird. What was it, just a couple of weeks ago in our small group, one guy says, that, that's homo. I said, go look up homo, and we did, didn't we? And what does it mean? Under one home. One unit. That's kind of his goal. He wants us to embrace intimacy so we can give it away. He will hug us when we're lonely. Marriage was designed to experience joy, that's for sure. You must stop depending on outside relationships to find happiness. I'm not just talking about the internet sex you're having, or the emotional relationship you're having with the person at work, or being a little too nice to the neighbor. Or just having an affair in your mind. All those are wrong, but those are too obvious. What I'm talking about <laughs> is any human relationship where you are getting something from them that you are to be getting from your pouring with Christ. Because that's what keeps it pure then I pour it into my wife. Pure. She pours it into the children. Pure. They pour it into the grandbabies. Pure. But when you mix it up and throw too many, you know, multi-flavors into the mix, it gets very complicated. And I've got stories of kids that I've had to work with where they're figuring out that their daddy's having an affair, but see, nothing's being said. And I'm being put in a position lying to these kids. I have to set the parents' eyes. I can't lie to your children. You're putting me in a bad spot here. You're going to have to tell your children what's happened. See, they don't want to. Because it's, you know, gets around. And God has a way of getting it to the top of the house. So... Yes, as the Hickey said, confession is very important. Getting it out is very important. Receiving your intimacy first from Christ is very important. So that you can be the one that actually gives it away and the true happiness is not happy; It's true joy, which finds pleasure in sorrow. That's what joy is. Finding pleasure in sorrow. Not masochistic. That's why you be consider all joy, my brethren, when you endure various trials. You don't need happy circumstances to be joyful. Joy can be experienced in the middle of sorrow because you're content with what you have. Adopt it until death parts us. Fairly significant. Stop feeling shame, particularly in the area of sex. The more lights, the better. The more transparency, the better. The more honesty, the better. Just enjoy each other. The better is be yourselves without shame. cross took care of all that shame. Toss a belief, I married the wrong person. Has anyone ever suffered with that? I know I'm asking for a confession here. And I'm not bragging. But I can honestly say I have never suffered with that. But that's not for the purpose to say I'm better. Because there's other things I have suffered with. But you know what? When I saw this angel called Jane Verstegg, I heard in my very youthful Christianity, I heard in my mind through a loud thought, this is the woman which thou hast given you. I chased her down within two weeks, had a ring in front of her. Oh, and she had to wait, and you know, and wait on God. I said, Go ahead and wait, baby. You are mine. She had a little bit of the courtship stuff down. I had to go talk to her dad, and he was kind of a quiet guy. And, you know, I said, You know, I'd like to marry your daughter. And he coughed and gagged a little bit. And because I was this impulsive, a little bit impulsive, just a little bit impulsive, scrawny, skinny, non successful person, couldn't read or write. I didn't know how to read or write when I met my wife. As labeled, actually mentally retarded the day I met my wife. She basically took me and grew me. She taught me how to read, write. She took me through all of her college books, even before I entered school for the first time. She taught me about what marriage is. She taught me about what women are like, what men are like, that she knew. I was absolutely, absolutely ignorant when I met her. Oh, I know why God put her in my life. And that's why I have never questioned it. And pray I never do. I know that I know that woman was put in my life or I would be uh, in prison or something. Maybe dead. Probably dead. Because of stuff I was doing. And I was doing some very bad things. I mean, Alice Cooper was my idol for Pete's sake. Although he didn't really do the things that I did. I still want to have a talk with him. I was doing the things he was singing about. And I found out he wasn't doing it. It was just a show. Boy, was I mad. Power music. Cleave to your spouse in spite of uh, circumstances. If you have an emotional vacuum, let God fill it. Kind of covered that one. Guard yourself against immorality. Um, Is that a bigger problem for males or females? Nails, do men have more physical affairs or do women have more physical affairs? OK, let's move on to the next slide. <laughs> Actually, that is very true. But women are apt to have emotional affairs. Uh, that's what makes the the steamy novel sell. To get a man to sit down and read a steamy novel? No, just get me on the internet. Just let me see a movie. Because men are seeing and they want to do. But yes, it does stay kind of rolling around up there. Keeps it active. But women are led into affairs very easily through the emotional romance of life. So my counsel in helping men is to really turn them into very emotional. I hate the word romantic, and I just haven't found a word yet that replaces it. Because actually romantic means that you look like you're homosexual. And when I heard that, I've had a hard time with it since that day. You're like the Romans. That's where it came from. It was a description of you are like a Roman. So it was open sexual display in public, and it was usually a couple guys. But women do tend to be more caught up in the emotional, relational, whatever word we can find, that shows more of the fun, emotional aspects of a relationship. So we've got to guard ourselves against that. Avoid telling the problems to the uh, your problems to the opposite sex, called friends. I'm gonna be so bold to say, guys, if um, you do believe that you need counsel, I would not encourage you to see a female counselor. I know that's very acceptable in the world today. I understand that, but I would avoid it like a curse. So you're gonna probably fall into a mama type of relationship or possibly, Something else. I believe guys need to be with guys and women need to be with women. And if a pastor, of course, has to deal with couple type of relational problems, I believe it's very appropriate. But to keep the husband engaged, and when that's not possible, have female accountability with you as a pastor, or counselor, or whatever uh, in that process. And uh, so, just some general rules there. There's so much that happens over a drink after work, telling your problems, and things just kind of take off from there. Most affairs, I was told, occur by one sharing one's pain with another person. Take it to your counselor. Uh, Avoid counsel from people who encourage you to divorce. It could be related to Job's friends. And then avoid being trapped by guilty feelings. It's only going to hinder you from actually growing. And then practice forgiveness at all costs. Now, here's kind of what that looks like. Five very, very simple steps. Now, these, this forgiveness sheet that was in your, is in your packet, these five steps are just kind of a boilerplate plate to the simplest way we can put this. When you're seeking forgiveness from someone, there's lots of fun little details that you can get educated about. On the back side of these sheets is actually a worksheet. I wouldn't actually work on this sheet. I would use this sheet as a master to run copies of because you'll probably want to do this off and on through the years. And you may want to give this to someone else. But here's how simple it is. Honey... I was wrong for getting upset at you and cursing or blah, 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 whatever the thing is that was offensive. Would you please forgive me? You don't have to be crying to have true sorrow. But your heart does need to feel true sorrow. And then when they say yes, you say, well, thank you. If they say no, you go, Okay. And you leave it alone and every once a week you go back and ask them again. For five years or whatever it takes until they say, yes, I forgive you. Then, what can I do to help restore the trust that we've lost? That's my fault. Well, you're going to have to blah, 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 blah. Guys, write it down. Every single item, write it down. And you say, I commit to doing my absolute best in Christ Jesus to fulfill this list. That's not paying for your own sin. It's being responsible for the ramifications of your sin. And if you get into this little control battle like, oh, you've got conditions on your forgiveness. So, that's between that person and God. God. But if that person says, oh, honey, you don't have to do anything. I love you and I trust you. You blew it and, you know, let's go on with this. We're all right. Hopefully they're not in denial. But if that's really the way they are, then you can walk away going, oh, thank God. That was probably a two-page consequence list. Well, that's what Christ does to us. He just goes, "Yeah, don't worry about Finney. I'll, I'll, I'll take care of that. But see, humans aren't like that. They don't believe until they see track record. So early on in grace teaching I used to preach against it. But I don't do that anymore. I tell the guy or the gal, it's usually the guy, you meet the list and hit it. You know, do it to the T, as they say. Because we're human. And if some of the things are unreasonable, it doesn't matter. I take the list and you bring it before the council and you sit down with your council and you say, here's what she gave me or he gave me. Help me. What's reasonable? What's not reasonable? How can I work this? So uh, I want to win her trust back. Even though grace in Christ Jesus, I don't need to. Nor should she expect it out of me. But I want to. So, if you want your wife or your husband to function like Jesus with grace, when they're not there, good luck, as they say. They're going to wait a long time. So, that's what's behind that article about the mockery of faith. Sometimes, you know, faith without works is just debt. And it is Christ in me doing it. So that's why I take the list before God. I go, God, I can't do this. You're going to have to do this through me. And he's like, that's what I'm all about, buddy. I'm your husband. The husband does all the work. The wife's just a vessel to carry life. Mother of the living. Carry the life, Steve. Let me do the work. I got you. That's the exchange life. Don't fall into the trap of physical distant breed safety. Anyone found that to be true, by the way? I am not going to talk to her for a week. You feel better at the end of the week. I feel so good that I didn't talk to you. I still feel so refreshed. You feel like Garbage. The longer you hold a grudge, the more cancer you get. The more it gets eaten away at your relationship. See, that's why I love this example, and some of you who, who have been in my office for counseling and and you've actually laughed at me. Because I love this passage. And that is when, when Christ when Christ said in Matthew five, he says, Okay, now, Steve. When someone slaps your right cheek, turn to them the left as well. Oh, by the way, when they take your coat, go ahead and give them your shoes too. And then when they force you to go one mile, go two. So in other words, Stephen, you got to be thinking coat and shoes, right cheek and left cheek, two miles instead of one mile before they hit you. Well, my question to God was, that's impossible. No human can do that. His response in my prayer time was, that's correct. So therefore, what has to happen is, you're not going golfing, are you, Greg? Okay, because you don't go without me. Okay. So what has to happen here is, I have to stand forgiving. See, here comes the rejection, the insult. I have to be completely through the forgiving process, extending forgiveness process, by the time I get my other cheek turned. That's called stepping into rejection. Why? So they can see the love of God in my eyes. That there's actually, it's actually humanly possible to love someone when you're being rejected. Just plack. turn. Step into it. God loves you. It's okay. Whack! You get hit again. It's okay. Now that's the kind of forgiveness I want. That's what I want to be a master of, so to speak, with a little M. To stand there and go, I'm to invite a slap? Uh Uh-huh. And then have the payment already laid out, two miles, shoes and coat, both cheeks, have it all decided ahead of time. You know what causes us to unforgive people? Surprise. The element of surprise. That's it. As simple as I can make it for you. People don't forgive the other person because they got caught off guard. (gasps) How dare you say that to me? I'm going to go to the mountain and pray for two months to choose to forgive you. You sinner. I don't want to spend my two weeks in the mountains like Christ did because I'm trying to get over someone slapping me. I want to spend my two, two, two weeks in the mountain experience with God listening to Him. Enjoying intimacy. Not spending hour after hour I've got to forgive Him. Help me, oh God. He's like, honey, I helped you a long time ago. Just embrace it. Just let it go. Rub your cheek and move on. It's okay. As you can tell up there, unless you're being abused, I am not advocating staying in an abusive relationship. You'll never have divorce come out of this mouth. But to stand there and be abused by, you know... Physical abuse? No. No. He's breaking, it's usually he, he's breaking the laws of the land. So there's going to be definitely some turning them in. Because he's breaking the laws of the land. Higher authority. So there are ways to handle things properly. Don't lie to yourself or against the word of God. Embrace your pain. It really can become your friend one of my wife's favorite sayings she got that from the lord as she was crumbled into a pile of mush after her her mother died trying to get the house in order back in the midwest and she was just she was very close to her parents as i was as well and this was a this was a horrific moment for her to embrace and god said embrace Your pain. I'll meet you there. So that's kind of become a little mantra for us. Embrace your pain. I'll meet you there. You go there first. I'll meet you there. I'm coming. But I want you to go embrace it. There's a lot of intimacy in pain. A lot. God's love is not untouchable or irrational. God's love is not a simple, easy, or do-your-own kind of thing. What comes natural kind of thing. God's love is not to be fallen into. It's only embraced. God's love is not produced by trying to attract it. God's love is discovered in His Word. And you can learn the art of love making. And so it's kind of like te- teaching a kid how to ride a bike. You really do need to teach him. Well, you can't have a teacher in your bedroom. Or can you? So, Jenny and I have learned to do something. And we were told this before we got married. We didn't do it for five years. And we started doing it. But one of our friends said, you should actually pray while you're having sexual intercourse. You know, I looked at art like, there is something seriously wrong with you, buddy. Because the only thing that's coming out of this mouth is, "Old oh God, that's it. I had no clue what he was talking about. And every once in a while, he would ask me how it's going. I just look at him like you—you you are nuts. I, they were here this—I don't know—a few months ago, whenever they were, here, and I asked him about that. He said, "I don't even remember telling you that." I said, "You guys did do it, didn't you?" You were—you were, you were <laughs> like setting me up. He goes, "No, we—we—we we, we do." I said, "But you don't remember telling me that?" No, I don't. Well, then we started trying it. Whew. He's there with us talking and sharing about Him, how we feel about each other. There are certain times the conversation does have to stop. <laughs> but you know what? He enjoys these moments with us. It's not sex to Him. It isn't. In my mind, first five years of our marriage I was like, the Holy Spirit's got to go outside the door and i got to lock it and we're in this room alone. Don't, don't. Tell me about this God thing being in our sex life. That's how I was. It's just it's too crazy. Boy, not anymore. I'm like, let's call down the thunder of heaven. Let's enjoy this, all five of us. Let's enjoy this. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and Stephen Jane. You've been listening to A Counselor's Point of View. Our topic has been the Hebrew Covenant Marriage. If you're interested in listening to the full message, please log on to our website and click on our resource button and it will take you over to our bookstore and scroll down until you come to the CD package called Marriage Covenant Conference. Thank you for listening to our show today and feel free, by the way, to forward this message on to your friends and your family members. Until next time.